right. Hello, everybody. Wow, it's been action-packed so far, and uh, this train is not going to stop. I'm going to try to give you a lot of information here in the next, let's say, eight to ten minutes. Um, but again, my name is Melissa Musser, partner and director of Risk and Advisory Services here at GRF. Wish I could shake your hand today, but you know what? Why don't you find me on LinkedIn, connect with me, send me a message, say that you attended our event today. Would love to connect with you. So going to talk a little bit about our GRF top risk report that'll be coming out here very soon. And then also we're going to talk about forecasted risks like three years out from now. And then an overview of the two top accelerating risks I want to talk with you about and the importance of board oversight. All right. So what you see here is what you guys will be getting attending this event today. You'll be getting followed up at some point with our top risk reports for nonprofits and associations. I hope you enjoy it. So our team worked really hard. We got our crystal ball out and we also searched the internet for all the wonderful top risk reports that many organizations put together. And we took them and synthesized them and put those reports into an appendix with links. So it could be your one-stop shop for top risk information. And then we synthesize that information again to tailor it to nonprofits and associations. So we've got some really good action items for you. Um, this is the second time we've done it this way and, and it was really well received last year. But theme number one, cybersecurity is not going anywhere. So number one risk, obviously economic conditions continue to remain uncertain. Attracting and retaining talent is still top of the list. DEI is an important element of that and Trevor's gonna talk about that next. And then also we have lots of elections all over the world um, going on. We have ESG and just global, global conflict, obviously affecting long-term planning and then artificial intelligence. It's both a opportunity and a risk. So on the next slide is something from, and this, this um, is from the Institute of Internal Auditors. It is the Risk in Focus report. And this is also included in the appendix of the report that you will be receiving. But what I like about this, it surveyed um, chief audit executives and it asks, you know, what are the top, you know, five risks of your organization, things that'll be included in your audit plan. And I really wanted to point out, they said, what do you project within the next three years? And I want to talk to you about what we're seeing as being projected. But you will notice cybersecurity continues to remain on top, as well as human capital and business continuity. So they're they're staying up there. Um, and so those are things you're going to need to focus on. But I really want to talk to you about digital disruption and climate change. So that we're going to be focusing on that in the next few slides here. All right, so generative AI, right? That's AI that can generate content, pretty amazing stuff. And so here is a link to the Great Acceleration. It's an MIT survey done on uh, CIOs, right? And this is a professor. Here's a, a quote from a professor, Michael Corbin. I can't think of anything that's been more powerful since the desktop computer. This is really big stuff. And uh, I'm sure you've all, um, you know, toyed around with ChatGPT. Um, but we're going to be seeing a lot of change here. And if you go to the next slide, I wanted to share with you, um, this is from this report you have a link on, forecasted adoption by function. This is going to affect an entire organization, right? Just digital transformation across, you know, the area. You know, you heard our tax team talking about marketing and using AI and campaigns. But you'll also notice here in the black, it, it talks about the percent of which AI will be a critical part of that function. So you'll notice here, IT, 49% are saying that AI is going to be a critical part of the function as well as finance. So I'm, we're totally expecting to see, and we're already seeing it, digital transformation being on the top of the list as part of your strategic plans. I'm really looking to see how organizations are going to evolve. 
All right, so leaders, you're gonna need to put on your innovation and disruption hats, right? We have to harness just the chaos of continuous change. I mean, since post COVID, I even remember in 2018, things were things were changing rapidly. It's not gonna stop. So we just really need to embrace both innovation, which is doing the same things, but better, right? And then disruption. We just need to be ready to be disrupted. We've been disrupted enough, you know, we're ready for it now. So, but we need to just be really, we just need to embrace it, right? Um, so we need to be doing new things, brand new things that make the old things obsolete. So we really need to embrace that in our culture. All right, so moving to ESG, I, I know, you know, climate change is on the rise. Concepts of ESG have been around for a very long time. This is not new um, at all. Uh, DEI is, is definitely an element of the social aspect of it. I know Trevor's gonna talk about that. Governance is something that we're always talking about. Nonprofits are really in tune to governance, um, board composition, you know, uh, whistleblower, uh, ERM is really useful with governance, but the big kind of change, and, and it, you know, it's a little different for folks to be thinking about is this environmental impact. And I wanna talk a little bit about that on the next slide. You're going to be seeing a lot more with, uh, you know, for example, greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, next slide, please. So we've got, you know, folks will be talking about scope one, two, and three emissions and really needing to do an emissions inventory. So in the context of nonprofits, you know, what, what does that really mean? Um, so scope, scope one emissions are emissions that, you know, your nonprofit or association directly owns, like, for example, vehicles, right? Or let's say you have a your own power generator. Um, scope two emissions will be indirect emissions. So for example, from your from the building um, or maybe an event or other activities that are being caused by that. And then scope three emissions are emissions that are not directly produced. But let's say you have an event and a lot of attendees needed to travel to your event. That would be an example of a scope three emission. So it's going to be important to do an inventory and to really understand your footprint in order for you to identify ways to reduce that. You're going to probably be seeing different folks. Yeah, it's good to stay on this slide. You'll be seeing different folks asking about this information. Third parties will be asking for this. We'll see folks starting to report this on, let's say, their annual reports or have it on their websites. So you're going to be seeing a lot of activity in this area. Another newer concept is double materiality, and this is an ESG concept. I love this. Um, if you know anything about me, I love enterprise risk management. And typically when we see these types of heat maps, it's like you're, you're gonna see likelihood and impact, right? And it helps you focus on the most important things to focus on. But in this concept, it's double materiality, which I really love. It's the significance to the stakeholder, right? And the stakeholder being, let's say, your employees, the people that you serve, you know, the environment. Like, so what's, so you have stakeholders, right? And then you have your organization. And so what is the most significant to both the organization and your stakeholders? And, and we did this in a little plotting so that you can kind of see where in the different buckets of ESG fall into this materiality assessment. Really important to, um, to map this out because it's going to help you figure out what your strategy is going to be as it relates to ESG and to really make your stakeholders happy and to really deliver on their expectations. All right, so to help with all of this, um, it's strongly encouraged to have good board risk oversight. Enterprise risk management definitely helps. This is one of the ways that we suggest organizations kind of situate uh, their enterprise risk management with a management risk council. And then that then reports the information flows directly to the board of directors and back because the board of directors is responsible for risk oversight. And we need to make sure that they're getting the information that they need to be able to make 
good decisions for the organization. If you want to learn more about ERM on this next slide here, we have an event coming up in February. Um, so check out our website, come to the event. We can share ideas uh, with other like-minded organizations and we're definitely happy to help. So, and we also have a lot of great tools and resources on our website about enterprise risk management. So definitely check that out. And we will be planning an ESG summit sometime in the spring. So more information to come on that. We can share some information and talk a little bit more about what I just highlighted today. Thank you for listening to the GRF on the Co podcast. Visit our website at grfcpa.com for more information about the services we provide, the industries we serve, or to request a quote.